0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit vfisad.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mike Mo from Street Fighter Assassin's Fists. You are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This episode is dedicated to the life and love of Joanne Carr, the first lady of acmg happy heavenly birthday lady car this week ubisoft wants you to be okay with not owning games for some reason billy mitchell back on top of the donkey Kong platform or is he xbox reveals the latest games coming soon including a lucasfilm legend then in our final stage we enter the sands in search of the prince and prince of persia the lost crown all this and more in this edition of acmg presents talk time live extra select start Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Actress, so let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. gentlemen welcome back to another game filled edition of select start the video game podcast for acmg presents Talk Time live and talktimelive.com i am your host Xavier Desai, and uh it is really cold out here in philadelphia it is of uh, like it's not just winter it's winter winter we're, we're back to having snow it's snowing outside right now i hope you guys are keeping warm if you're in the area if you're in the entire delaware valley area i hope you're keeping warm in some case because it is bitter outside right now and uh, it's even bitter in this office right now because i don't normally like to have the heat in this office because i have so much computer equipment and such that needs this type of you know climate so for the computers it's good for me it's like ah i gotta bear with it so i don't like i, I tend to turn the heat off in of here but the war, it's warm in the other rooms of this place so um we're gonna keep it going and keep it as warm as possible in here. I'm, I'm a little tightly bundled up here but ah uh, We got some things to talk about today. The odd thing about this day uh, is that I'm going to review an Ubisoft game. But I'm also going to talk about something that Ubisoft said that pissed a lot of people off in a lot of ways. And me, one of them, because I have spoken about this so many times. And, you know, credit to them, credit to, you know, the company for opening up about this and being as bold as possible for saying this, Um, but I had this issue for a long time. And this is is an issue that I believe pertains to online reliant gaming and the pros and cons of it. And one of the biggest cons of that is what was talked about from Ubisoft. At the same time, the irony of this is I'm gonna review a Ubisoft game. Now, I do own this game. Because I digitally downloaded it. This is not a stream or anything like that. And it's not a live service game. This is a game that was bought and owned. I have the digital distribution rights. I have the rights to, um, you know, re-download this game at any time. I have the rights to even get the files and download it into my drive, if need be, you know, for future use or whatever like that. In case, you know, know, as long as I have the receipt and invoice, I own the rights, I own this game. So... I think people don't realize that when you know when you get mad about losing movies from a streaming network that you paid for or whatever like that or stuff like that you pay for that so yes you lose it on that platform but technically you can really download it and store it in. like i mean this is the thing with torrent sites i think the thing with torrent sites was like if you download a movie or a song that you didn't buy that's stealing if you download a song or movie but you paid for it originally you have ownership rights to it it's not technically it's not stealing they don't as, as far as i remember they don't acknowledge it as stealing because you actually purchased that music a long time ago so if you're just getting it back from another source you're still you still have ownership of it you still have the rights of it so there is a technicality to this um so i never say that you lose, it's a loss. It's just, unfortunately, people aren't savvy enough to know how to do it, or also, they don't do their research properly. So, you still have ownership as long, yeah, it may not be in that platform, but you still have ownership of that movie because you paid for that movie. So, in some ways, you can get that, if you find a, like, in some Blu-rays, like I said, some Blu-rays, you can actually, actually gives you the data file to you know just put it to store it into your uh into your your drive or whatever to be able to use it at any time so um you know it there's always a way there's always a way but I still I still you know I'm 100% digital uh digital distribution because there's a lot of pros and less cons than all that so I'm okay with that so I that's that doesn't bother me at all um but the idea that you're paying full price for a game that you do not own that's that's my biggest issue so it's ubisoft is on target for this and we got that and a lot of other news to, you know not a lot of other news but we got some news to talk about we're also going to talk about what xbox has announced as well and uh one of them is is a uh, very exciting game from lucasville that a lot of people are interested in and i believe it's exclusive to xbox they finally got one so we'll be talking about this soon but let's get down with this ubisoft thing get this out of the way um so my thoughts on ubisoft wanting to, wanting gamers to be okay with not owning games now i don't know if everybody in ubisoft you know is co-signing with the director of subscription here and, but in an interview with gamesindustry.biz ubisoft director and subscri- of subscriptions felipe tremblay discussed the ways in which gamers will have to assimilate into consistent streaming models. Now, here's the part that bothers me. He's he's kind of just foretelling and forcing people to believe that they have to be they're like they're obligated to do No, we're not. We don't have to pay for this. We can easily not have to pay you for your distribution rights we i mean for for your streaming rights like we don't if we don't want it we don't have like the mindset just the mindset that pisses me off about companies because it i don't blame the companies companies totally about this i also blame the consumers yes us because we don't know the value of our dollar and I, I spoke about this on the uh on the recent episode of our aew dynamite review also known now as all elite geekly with boris uh aguilar sunday night's main event and we talked about this like people have so much more control of how these companies go It they don't realize it and this is a lot of reasons why things don't change but people want to complain all the time because they don't realize their power of choice and the power of their dollar we can easily say no we don't we don't want this and we have we have we've done it unconsciously or subconsciously maybe we've done this without even realizing that we've done it. We said no to things before we've refused things. We didn't like things. We were, we we do it all the time. We just don't do it consciously. We don't have to abide by the idea that we are forced to go to streaming because if we don't like it, we don't have to pay for it and they'll have to, they will have to do what we want in order to, you know, supply and demand people supply they provide us with what we want and what we demand is to own our games and we're going to go to the company that provides that supply that's what that's all about we don't have to i mean the arrogance of him to say this it's amazing so basically he he basically went on to say because the idea is that he said he wants everybody to be okay with not owning games bs He went on to say one of the things we saw is that gamers are used to a little bit like dvds having and owning games and well not only dvds but also cartridges also cassettes also a track like owning our own collection yes that's what we love doing so and to that extent mp3 and mp4 files and rom files and like we have we love that ownership that's the consumer so he goes on to say like one of the things we saw in that 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 is gamers are used to a little like a little bit like dvds having owning their games that's the consumer shift that needs to happen no it doesn't (laughs) they go they got comfortable not owning their cd collections or dvd collections yeah because we started owning our files and we had external hard, we have external hard drives that we could download and store that information on there. I do it all the time when I download, I don't, I, I don't use Spotify. I don't use iTunes and all that stuff mostly. Well, I buy, I buy stuff from there, but I have files of those that I download from my computer. Now, the reason why people don't do it as much is because there's a little bit of tedium to it and it's not that tedious at all to do, but it is what it is. So he goes on to say they got comfortable not owning their CD collections or DVD collections much to, he believes he's leaving things out that uh, that's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. As gamers grow comfortable in that aspect, you don't lose your progress. So he, what he's saying is, well, put it, let me finish up. If you resume your game at another time, your progress file is still there so it's like he's saying the the, the progress and in the, in the save data is more important than having a game itself no 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 i'd rather have the game and be able to play it over and over again than i would just having the files you can't do nothing with the files you could do something with the game yes you need the games to save the progress but like at the end of the day no i give me my give me my ownership of my game i don't care about the files if i have to play it over again and it's fun to play over again. And the replay value is great. I'm I'm there. I want my game. So he goes on and continues saying, that's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game. <laughs> so it's about feeling comfortable with not owning games. And that's what he told gamesindustry.biz. Now, he's seeing it in a perspective. His perspective is, is loose. He he has a loose perspective here. Um, he's seeing it in the way that he wants to see it, but there's holes in his perspective, in my opinion. Yes, you get to save the files. The files are not that. Im- I mean, the files are as imp- it's, it's important. I'm I'm not gonna I'm, save files is important, especially when you have hours and hours of games. But the the idea of being able to play that game five ten five ten years later. That's something. And you got to rely on a streaming network that charges you on a monthly fee, which you're going to get into paying more than you would just a one-time fee. And he's trying, he's, he's leaving things out of this, of this statement here. He's leaving things out that he's trying to make people gloss over the idea of why you want to own a game. Why is it worth paying one-time fee than a monthly streaming fee? which ends up being more and again people you need to do the math because that's the problem people aren't doing the math um some people are now people are now especially when it comes to what you're getting out of a game in terms of uh DLC and such like that and we've we've heard that in the past you know recently uh for Mortal Kombat we heard that from you know uh AEW Fight Forever stuff like that so people are being a bit more consumer conscious towards stuff like this but man look i'm not buying it ubisoft can, can kick it because like i'm gonna own my game i want to be able to play this game years later and enjoy it without anybody controlling stuff i don't want to have any reason i can't play any of my games on an old system that i have because especially when some of these games we don't see the light of day anymore There are some games that we will never see again unless we find the file or ROM from an emulator or whatever like that. Or if we own the actual game and system, we will not be able to play that game anymore because they won't redistribute that game. Not every game comes back as a remaster. It costs it's it's costly to come back with some games unless they know that they're going to make bank on that money. Like the recent um, announcement of possibly the God of War the original God of War series being remastered. That's gonna make a ton of cash because that game is so legendary. Um, That game series, mind you. Um, Batman, Arkham, the Arkham trilogy. Say what you will about it. People bought it. People bought it because it's one of the greatest ever. But that doesn't go for like rival schools. We haven't seen that come back. We haven't seen a lot of those games come back. We're still aching for like stuff like that. Some cult classics like Romancer and and stuff like that. Something like, some games that we haven't played during the '64 days or whatever, I'm still waiting for the like the uh, the Wii version of Punch Out to come back. So we don't have a lot of liberty to have these games come back. So we have to preserve these games, and if we want to play these games again, we have to hope that Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox will come back and be able to play these games, or you find an emulator, or a blue or um, uh, a blueberry uh, or raspberry, you know, unit to be able to play these games otherwise it's going to be impossible and then you have this game which is why I'm I'm really debating opting not to get the uh Suicide Squad game yet until they actually go by their promise of saying that they're going to make that game offline the story mode offline because right now it is very much like the DC version of Marvel Avengers in that that it was meant to be a live service game and they were not going to let you play the story mode after you beat it. That was the original that was the original deal. And that was a pattern that was about to start, but we stopped it because we saw what was going on and we didn't like the way that they were doing it. So, and what what happened? Marvel Avengers failed miserably. Like, ungali, we know the history of that deal. Like I did an episode running down everything that happened with that game that game that should have been really great and, and in hindsight it actually is the story mode alone is a very fun game to play but the way that they went around trying to do their things and try to make it a cash cow and the amount of money you were going to spend <laughs> yeah that no that was a thing and it failed and that's that's part of the reason why suicide squad went back and delayed itself along with the idea that we found out that that game was going to be you needed online access to be able to play that game like it you you couldn't play the game if you didn't have like you, you couldn't play this game offline so if like the server if there's if they're going down for maintenance if your internet goes down for maintenance or there's a power outage or whatever or, or an outage you know issue you won't be able to play that game at all so i you in a lot of ways you don't own that game but you're paying to play that game like that game needs to be playable when it's irrelevant because that's what we pay for otherwise i don't want to pay 60 70 dollars because they up the pay they, they're upping the prices on these games now if you notice a lot of these games are now inflated up to like a ten dollars more uh with some of these games so i for that amount i want to i don't know why do you think people can afford to be keep playing these games um of that price but i would uh, basically i i would definitely say like you, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do it the way that you're doing it don't charge me so much money for it like i, I just i can't because if i'm and i've the streaming thing works in terms of you know functionality and and in uh fluid you know bandwidth flow it it, it works I'm not arguing that i'm arguing the idea that like if i do the math at the end of the year how much is that gonna cost me and then on top of that again i i don't like the idea of if any event of i won't be able to play this game no i should be able to play this game offline i should have no issue i will say this about nintendo online that the games that you wind up playing on there you can play offline you can actually play some of the games. I've actually done it. I went on AirPlay mode with it, and I took it on the road and was still able to play those games, even offline. I don't know how they did it, but it's awesome that they do it. Um, even if you don't own it uh, to that extent, you can still play offline. But the fact of the matter is, like, here's my, th- here's my issue too. Here's, my, here's the issue that I have with this too. You know what's so stupid about what he says? The idea that he's advocating to go one way and that we only have to we should only go one way It's dumb why not do it all if people want to buy it and keep it why not char- like charge them the amount of money that you already do and they still have access to play it online i don't understand why we have to isolate one for the other why not have both if you play a game on the streaming aspect of it and you really really like the game you really want to play it again and you want to play it for a long time let us pay for it let us give you money <laughs> to keep that game to have that game to be able to play offline like don't close out the marketplace because you want everything to go to streaming i think that's a bad business model i think that's a, a an, an incomplete business model still give us the ability to want to buy a game that we really cherish. And also just have a streaming network for those who just want to stream it through. But if you find like, don't just keep it all, keep all options open. This is just the same situation I have when um, we talk about the, uh, you know, difficulty levels in games and how some games force you to play under one challenging Difficulty level, as opposed to give you the options to play with ease or play with fun, play for fun, or or be challenged. Why do you have to isolate one for the other? You don't. The business model should allow everything. If you wanted to stream games and play it that way, that's fine. But leave it open for you know. What I'm saying this is why I, I did. I, I thought it was funny, but I did appreciate the fact that both. I believe Xbox and PlayStation came out with two versions of their new consoles. One for people who still like physical and the other one who strictly like digital. They didn't isolate it. They didn't, you know, even though it's inevitable that uh, eventually you're going to need to go digital anyway. And it's better to do so anyway. Um, Less clutter in a house, folks. That's all I got to say. But you will eventually, you know, have to do it. But at least they gave you the option to do it so they got they got paid regardless they got paid regardless for doing it for giving us options just leave it open it's just I just thought that the the idea of this was just dumb of him to say and I'm not surprised because Ubisoft has a history of doing dumb stuff um but also in the midst of doing some great things too it's like they take five steps forward and then they no they take two steps forward and five steps back and it, it just killed me like I'm sorry dude like you I don't understand how you really thought that that was a good idea and didn't have the audacity to say it where you know people are going to hear you say it so uh, if that's the way they're going to be there are people online who are already saying like no nah, we're not going to mess with you because you you you're not trying to let us own our games like independence is a major thing independence is still a major thing no matter where you're at okay and we don't want to be stronghold stronghold into one format that's all i'm saying about that all right let's move on to some other interesting news donkey kong world record holder billy mitchell is kind of reinstated into the record books mitchell is known for breaking the record of donkey kong by scoring over a million during one gameplay however as you guys know his efforts came into question when it was discovered that he was cheating by using an improper hardware uh, that may have helped him achieve the milestone. Evidence was presented by a forum that showed Mitchell has been playing on a MAME emulator, which is a violation of the site's rules. I do believe the reason being is because a lot of times MAMES can be manipulated in a way and tweaked. So, it does allow you to do some things that you weren't originally able to do and you know using the regular board an arcade board is the proper way of going because they have the same you know schematics and and, and, and stuff that you know you can't tweak or you shouldn't be able to tweak um as of recent the organization known as twin galaxies a trusted advisor of guinness world records have announced that mitchell's score would be reinstated as a part of a historical database on its website. What does that mean? That means while he is being recognized by Twin Galaxies as the Legacy Snapshot, he is still not listed in, on the modern leaderboards and is still recognized, uh, still not recognized from Twin Galaxies. So basically they're using, they're reinstating it in a sense of historical significance. Um, you know, saying that he, did make this score but under certain circumstances so they're not going to dismiss him they're not going to erase him from history but they're going to acknowledge what he's done but not also give him the credit that he wants in there this is basically the deal so the scores were will include the one million forty seven thousand two hundred score which is known as the king of Kong documentary score that he did on that on that uh as well as the 1,050,200 run he did, which is known as the mortgage broker score. And the score of 1,062,800, which is also known as the boomer score. So this reinstatement is more for significance than actual credibility. It's look, it, it can be looked at as a form of shaming in a sense, like, yes, he did this, but also this happened. This is like the Tom Brady, you know, uh, Patriots, you know, you know, uh, deflate gate thing. You know, it's going to be in the history books, but they're not going to get credibility too much for the situation that has happened, you know, so um, that's pretty much it with that. I mean, this pretty much is a shame thing, so I don't know how he's going to take it or whatever like that. We have heard anything from him as of yet, but it is in the books, but not the way that he wants it. So, you know, there's that. All right. Last thing I want to talk about, because this one's a lot here, and we're going to talk about Xbox Developers Direct. They had a showcase talking about the upcoming games that they uh, that are coming for the system. And let's start. I don't know some of these games, so we're going to just get off of that. But Senoi's Saga, if I'm saying that right, Hell's Blade 2 finally gets a release date it is coming may 21st 2024 that's the game that just looks so damn realistic (laughs) it's insane uh i don't know i mean it's possible this game could be a game changer for xbox um they've been you know hyping this game for a very long time so um it just looks it absolutely looks incredible visually looks incredible uh and this is basically a ninja theory game which means is it could be awesome and it could be hard as hell to play. So it could be somewhat challenging. So we'll see, but Ninja theory has some great games in there and this looks like it's going to be one of them. Another game uh, called avowed is coming in the fall, of 2020 uh, square Enix shares uh, is update on the visions of mana, which is uh, not an exclusive. It's going to be in a lot of other um, consoles coming soon. It's going to be Xbox, but also coming to PC and PlayStation launches this summer. I believe this is there's a possibility this could be on um switch too, pending on any further announcements of the new Switch that it that may be coming or not. We'll see. Uh era History Untold has been announced, and that's coming uh this fall as well. But one of the biggest games that was announced in this showcase was none other than a Lucasfilm a film legend. And I, I don't believe is I don't believe there has been a game for this franchise or at least not for a long time but indiana jones is coming to uh xbox in the form of indiana jones and the great circle um is officially revealed and it's coming out sometime next year and it was announced i believe that the voice of indiana jones it's not harrison ford it is troy baker who can you know if you can never go wrong with troy baker he his he's one of the greats out there he's one of the best he's the one uh one of the best voice uh actors out there for video games and and anime and movies and he can possibly pull off a great indiana jones performance a a harrison ford performance so it's going to be interesting of course you know this is a tomb raiding type of game so they expect a lot of puzzle solving a lot of adventure jumping and shooting and, you know, everything you expect from Tomb Raider, which originally is inspired by Indiana Jones. Anyway, you're going to see here. So, you know, that's coming and I believe it is exclusively if I'm correct. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it is. Um, but it was announced here first. Whether it's exclusive, I don't know, but um, we will see. I, You know, if it is, they can use one for God's sakes. But if not then uh it's coming to all escape soon so we'll see but it was announced here first on air and uh that's all that they i believe they announced for this it wasn't much um wasn't much to talk about and you know some of it was at, i believe hellblade 2 was an exclusive um i don't know if the other ones were exclusives so we'll see but uh vision of mana is probably the one i am most interested in um because i played the other mana games and that was really a lot of fun. So I know what to expect with this. Uh, the other ones, I'm not sure if I'm in on it, but you know, that's for the Xbox you know community to enjoy, but that's what's been announced for this one. Folks, that will do it for what's new in this part of the uh, show. It's about to say what's new in the world of ACMG, but different show. We're gonna take a break, come back, and I will review Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, and we're gonna do that. Right after this. reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to talk about prince of persia the lost crown from the people who don't want you to own games developers ubisoft and ubisoft mount pillar publisher ubisoft genre 2d side scrolling map based action adventure platform now with all that said this game is freaking awesome just off the bat this game if you were missing any type of metroidvania games if you love metroid dread and all the great experiences that you had in here. I think this is a great filler of that genre for you. Actually, it's in a lot of ways, it is a slight bit more fun, but I'm having, still trying to have a hard time trying to figure like which one gave you, I feel like Metroid Dread is just a tiny bit better of a game than this, but I think there are things of this game that they that ubisoft provides that metroid dread did not and one thing is definitely the story aspect of it i mean we know that there's a story in in metroid dread but everything is just it's there's no dialogue in metroid dread there's barely any dialogue at best this one here is a fully dialogue you know voiced acted experience like it's you know there's a huge narrative in this game that allows you to be immersed into the story of Sargon and the Immortals and what's going on in this game. So I, I, it's really hard. Like they're both very fun games, but you know, I knew when I saw this game, first of all, I knew he was like, okay, they, they're going to be um, the Metroidvania, you know, direction here. But like amongst that, there's a lot of visual aesthetics and, and great, you know, visual de- designing in here that is, that really brings it out it's very a vibrant version of what you would see in a metroid game let alone metroid dread um but man this is this is so much fun if you are a metroid fan or a castlevania fan yeah this you're gonna want to get this And it, it, it's you know despite the stupidity of what representatives of ubisoft have spoken recently um and you do own this game this is a downloaded game this is not a game I I think the idea is that it when he said that I think because people don't read articles and they only read the headlines of things that it it it, he that's the thing he didn't I don't think he were um he really factored is that a lot of people don't read articles fully they just read the headlines and if your headline is saying that you don't want to they don't want you to own games and you didn't read the headlines then and you just read the headlines then um that's gonna drive people away from this game but i'm telling you right now the game that you buy right now on nintendo eShop, on playstation store on xbox uh market or whatever marketplace or whatever you own those games you have full ownership of the game you can play that game offline as yours um it's not under any it probably is under game pass but it's also like you know you can own the game so don't worry about that. This one is fine. I don't know. I can't speak for future games that Ubisoft makes. But with that said, as always, we're gonna talk about the grading system. This is the second game of two thousand twenty-four that I am covering. So we will be focusing on originality, presentation. Uh, that goes. That means visual, and, and you know, and uh, full package and presentation of that matter. Sound and music, gameplay, fun factor, replay value, actor performances, because there are and story here so let us begin with the story the story is that you are sargon who is the youngest member of the super clan known as the immortals now this is what i loved unlike all the other prince of persia games like a lot of these guys were just normal guys with parkour abilities or whatnot nah not this group this group is a bunch of superheroes <laughs> sargon and the immortals are all they're called the immortals but they also have superhuman abilities to some extent they or what they they call in the game time powers if you will and sargon in, in, in particular has a set of powers and abilities that help him traverse through this map and do some really cool things And i mean really really cool things so sargon is on a path of rescuing prince Ka- uh, gassan who is kidnapped? Who was kidnapped by one of his own clansmen, and made to uh, take the blame for the prince's capture? Sargon now seeks revenge and a way to save the prince in order to uh, to stop an even bigger threat uh, to the world. Sargon is helped by the spirit, by spirits and gods along the way that help him become powerful enough to defeat those trying to take the prince's throne. So that's basically that's the basis of this uh, game story right now so we're going to talk originality here and we're going to talk about uh basically this game is nothing new too new they're they they did not reinvent the wheel it is a metroidvania game a very formulaic metroidvania game but it's done with style there's a lot of cool things that you know you don't normally do in metroidvania games that you don't see or they done it in a very cool stylish way um beautifully done the amount of abilities that you acquire along the way to help you you know get through the maps and make you a little bit more powerful taking on people and make it easy for you to travel without any fear of getting defeated it's a great thing and there's a lot of fun to be had with this game because there is the power of choice that comes along with it we'll talk about that uh down the line but in terms of it's it's not completely original uh because it is meant to be a genre based game but a lot of what they do they've done right and there's some things that you know make them distinct from other metroidvania style games so um visual presentation and performance i played this on a, a nintendo switch of course and yes people they're gay they're games that actually play really well in the <laughs> on the nintendo switch much to many people's stupidity on social media before there was a arkham you know trilogy before there was a mortal kombat 1 there were a lot of games that people absolutely thought was great on the nintendo switch and people often forget that like the the connection to all those games is wb games so if you really think about it it's nothing to do with with uh nintendo switch it's the soft. it's the development company who doesn't know how to develop their games properly on the switch where everybody else does ubisoft is one of them ubisoft gets credit for porting this game on here and making it flow just as great as it does on the other systems beautiful character design greatly detailed stage designs and maps awesome vibrant uh and saturated color palettes great use of camera that, uh, cameras that zoom in and out for a god war like dramatic effect in here um runs great on nintendo switch as i mentioned fast loading times on a nintendo switch as well uh i don't count the playstation 5 and xbox because you know it's gonna play really good in there but no on the nintendo switch it plays absolutely awesome it looks awesome even on handheld sound of music 100 epic theatrical score to complement the persian setting in there so i really enjoyed that gameplay Uh, is smooth and fluid uh, control scheme if you like metroid dread prince of persia has something to offer indeed as you traverse through the maps you will gain time power abilities to help you power through enemies with ease and gain access to secret areas we have the ability to upgrade those abilities throughout the uh, throughout the process of the game and once you gain time crystals and more you'll be able to upgrade your skills and items you will also acquire amulets, and this is the key thing. The amulets are really, it. really helps this game. Um, it, you help your game experience really uh, good. So, the actual, um, the actual time crystal—I mean, the amulets—I should say. Uh, you, you gain, you find, you know, in different areas of the uh, of the maps that you go through. You also acquire them from beating certain, you know, mid-boss battles. Or you buy them from a merchant, but you will acquire you know these amulets, and each one helps you boost your abilities in a lot of cool ways. So you can't use all of them because you have this this uh this slot system called amulet holders that will allow you to wear the amulets as uh, as many amulets as possible. But the amulet holders is something that you find throughout the game. So I don't know how many they are actually, but I think i've gained about nine or ten of them right now that allows me to wear you know the ambulance there now some amulets require more than one holder to use its ability because some of them are really powerful they allow you to do some really cool stuff like um you know uh your attack your attacks are a little bit more powerful you can double jump no you actually no, that's not an attack power that's something that you gain after you beat a boss but you uh let me see you you have the ability you have this ability to uh you know use a kind of a fireball like you know like a fireball like kind of um ability but there's an amulet that lets you do it without having to charge it so it automatically shoots out and you recharge it, and it automatically goes so stuff like that i mean your, your arrows can now uh have burning effects and whatnot if you use a particular amulet but sometimes the amulet needs requires you know two or three amulet holders in order to do so it, it's it, there's a sort of a handicap where you have to pick and choose strategically up until the point that you start finding more amulet holders the more amulet holders that you have the more you can fit in your necklace to be exact so um you end up finding a lot of bling in this game to say the least if you purchase the deluxe version however you are given an amulet that gives you a bird that travels along with you beautiful looking bird mind you the bird helps you find hidden treasures and there's an amulet that does this too. But if you buy the deluxe version, you don't need that amulet because the bird amulet automatically does that for you. Plus it doesn't take up any slot spaces. You could, you could put it on automatically and it doesn't hold at all. So the bird can be with you at all times. And it's pretty cool. It adds, it adds a lot to it. You also have, um, the ability to use skins uh, that you get, like if you buy the deluxe version, they give you a lot of different skins. Some of it from um, different pr- Prince of Persia games, if you will, as well, and uh, different color uh, skins and whatnot. So it is pretty cool. It is, it is a really cool. And what I love about that is that when you go to a cutscene, you will still be wearing that particular um, that particular skin in that cutscene. So, it's not like you wear a cut, you wear a different skin and costume or whatever, and then all of a sudden they go back to his original default costume. No, they made cutscenes specifically for those clothes, a la like Batman or Spider Man to that extent, like games like that, where, you know, no matter what you wear, you'll be shown in a cutscene with that, you know, particular deal. So, it keeps you immersed in the game. So, they've done that greatly in this. Um, we also have the ability to uh use that oh wait i'm already here so let me skip to the fun factor i was about to read another line again but the fun factor here like i said if you like metroid Dread, you're gonna love this game there's plenty to do in uh in prince of persia the lost crown as you would you know as you have the main quests that you got to do there's also side quests that you can work on as well so you know a lot of replay value to that best of all games provide you which is what i love with the option of playing the game in five difficulty levels ranging from rookie, which is if you just wanna enjoy the story, you could just play that and, you know, kinda get through easy, but there are some still challenges, but not really annoyingly, uh, you know, complex and, you know, hard challenges to get through. You also could play warrior, hero, immortal, or you could customize your own ability the way you want to play the game this is something i never thought of i never i don't think i've ever seen a game that allows you to do that so again ubisoft gets credit for this but then they go five steps backwards by having some idiot talk about why do you um shouldn't have to worry about owning games but i digress the fact that you could customize your difficulty level in minute detail to play the way you want to play is awesome absolutely awesome so like if you don't like any of the four you know deals that you do you can tweak it the way you want to so i want more games to have that that's the to me that's the ultimate option right there um of difficulty level you could just play at your your own leisure like it's, it's not good enough that you already got rookie to mortal you can challenge it to be even more or even less <laughs> love it because they want you to enjoy the game to their credit they actually want you to enjoy this game i don't understand why some other Game developers don't un- understand it. Wu Long in Dark Souls in Elder Ring. You know, I i just don't understand. Like, yeah, if y'all want to play, you know, in a hard difficulty level, fine, play it. Y'all not getting y'all not getting laid and paid to do it. So like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's no incentive for me wanting to, you know, be a hard, challenging game. Like, I, I really have no incentive to do so. Like, what do you get out of it? Nothing. I just want to enjoy the story if you got a story don't make it so hard to play so you can see that story especially if the story is that damn great i'm just saying i don't want to have to go through all that crap so and not everybody do either you know that's just the reality this it's, just, it's a, a a a small minority group of people that want to play play that hard for whatever reason i don't know what they get out of it but that's 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 them i mean it's one thing to play tetris but it's another thing like to play a story based game with a and with a compelling story but it's hard it's hard you gotta break balls just to get through it so that's that's a whole it's, that's a whole different thing but there is another option to also help uh, that also helps you to avoid crazy parkour style obstacles um it allows you to teleport you from point a to point b instantly rather than going through all that because again they know not everybody wants to do all that you know do that you know run time challenging uh challenges and all this stuff so um you know what I'm saying like it, it's I like the fact that they allowed you to do that you can also ha- use an option that guides you uh that guides it, it's basically a guided mode helping you to find areas you need to seek like you know some people like to just explore the map and then other people want to know where their destination is so they can they don't have to go through too many obstacles and spend so much time i think that's the one thing i i believe i sort of kind of i think i had issue with the you know metro dread um to some extent i don't think it was much but um there are times i just wanted to get to the destination and i didn't get there completely quick but at least not until they updated the game at least but um I, i do like the fact that they added that too so I think they looked at Metroid Dread and started like, we want, we like this, but we wanna do this. You know, and they, they they took notes on this. You could tell they took some notes. Um, you will at some point be required to take on some obstacles eventually. Like you, you're not gonna go, like even on rookie mode, you're not gonna go through this game completely without challenge. But I will say the challenges that are there aren't nearly as bad. Everything in the game is made for gamers to play and enjoy uh however they want to basically the puzzle solving aspect of this ranges from simple to slightly challenging but that is you know too hard to figure out and you know but nothing too really too hard to figure out a solve or anything um i mean so like you could probably figure it out yourself or you could actually go to youtube and you know watch some walkthroughs and all the stuff of how they do it or read some walk you know some tutorials and and walkthroughs on online just find out how to do it but Some, some puzzles require you to do some parkour tricks, uh, which can take a few tries, but once done, you are great. You're, uh, you are granted with some great rewards for doing it. So it's like I said, incentive. It's not, it's not just the fact of doing it and getting through it. Like you better give me something good after (laughs) going through all that. And for the most part, every challenge that I've done and every puzzle that I've solved and got through, it provided some great incentive towards it so uh when it comes to boss battles oh these are a lot of fun a lot of fun now i will say this too in terms of gameplay i didn't mention the parrying system but the parrying system is very good and very helpful and very uh uh you know epic as well boss battles allow you to get through some very fun awesome huge metroid but kind of like god of war like type of situations when you parry somebody at the right time when it flashes yellow and that's the time for you to parry it leads to this great awesome epic sequence uh you know killing sequence that just makes you look cool the the camera zooms in on your on Zarkon's face and he's raging out and everything and he does some cool moves or whatnot it's pretty awesome you also i forgot that in terms of gameplay you also have these abilities um that allow you to do some really powerful moves every once in a while and once you use it it does need time to refill but once refilled, you could do some epic stuff and you find some new abilities along the way and those abilities you could pick and choose once you go to the uh the uh walk, walk tree or believe i believe it's called and once you go there you, you replenish your energy your arrows your um the amount of potions that you end up having and that you can increase in time once you upgrade everything and your swords and everything can be upgraded and whatnot um but you can start customizing your abilities from the tree and at that point you can change everything from that point once you get to the tree but have finding all these new abilities that can take out hordes of enemies or you know take out a lot of you know health uh, gauge from your boss battles it's absolutely it makes it for a lot of fun and that's the one thing that metroid doesn't have in a game like he uh you know samus doesn't have killer moves like sargon has and i think that's what kind of differentiates itself from the actual uh the gameplay so i i really love it. the replay value is amazing they designed this game with the idea of it being fun enough to enjoy Uh, more than one experience thanks to the difficulty levels and choices and options that you could do. So you, I would like, when I finish this game, I will definitely go back in and wanna play this game again. Like this is, this is probably gonna go down as one of the first must have games of the year. And I think when the game awards come this year, I think this one may be considered if there's, if it's not forgotten, because I noticed that a lot of games, while some games do stand out, there are a lot of games that often get forgotten in this time of the year because it's the first games to come out this year um what was the game expansion game uh horizon forbidden west expansion burning shores it wasn't even considered last year I, I, I thought it was just as good as um as cyberpunk and it it got snubbed in my opinion because probably because out of sight out of mind people forgot about it but there was no real mention of it. Or I don't want to go there. As far as other things, but nonetheless, it, it got forgotten. So I'm I'm always wondering some of the games that premiere now, you know, will they be forgotten by the time December comes? Because again, we live in a short attention society, and people are so quick to forget what the hell they were experiencing that they immediately jump onto the other thing next. So I don't think that's gonna happen with Tekken 8 because there's not that WD- many fighting games out there but there's a lot of games that come out every year like this like a metroidvania game always seems to come out every so year whether indie or you know um you know triple a game or whatever like that so we'll see as far as the actor actor performances it's a fantastic voice cast that really brings the game to life in a way that metroid dread didn't uh do when it came to storytelling and i don't recognize any of the cast members here but i believe they um really did a good job getting uh the appropriate cast to play these roles of this persian uh story uh story that's being told here so uh either way they they all did a bang-up job and i enjoy all of the performances in this game and it really just brings me in more um this to me is probably the best prince of persia game i've played or most enjoyable prince of persia game i've played thus far i knew when i seen this game when it was uh advertised when it first announced I was like oh this looks like something I'm gonna have to get and I I got it and to Ubisoft's credit I was not disappointed one bit so with all that said let's look at the score let's look at originality which I gave it an 85 even though it is a metroidvania game they did it like I said with their style they added some elements like the power moves and abilities and everything that really brought it out more and you're able to do that you don't see in a lot of other games like there so they kind of they didn't reinvent the wheel but they preserved it in a really great way so um i gave it an 85 for that because within that genre it, you did have some sort of nuance in there uh presentation 100% just absolutely gorgeous looking um you know settings and stages and character designs and uh you know visuals and aesthetics just freaking great uh sound of music again tremendous score gave it a hundred percent for that one gameplay very fluid uh control schemes and controls uh i gave that a hundred as well fun factor 100 i just i felt the same way here as i did with metroid dread and almost even more it's like i just feel like i had a little bit more fun playing this and mostly because metroid dread did a great job creeping me out with those emmys and i think there is a there is a character in here that kind of plays like an emmy but you don't encounter them you only encounter them in one spot in one spot in, in this thing um emmys are are on metroid throughout the whole thing and they made it they cause panic <laughs> greatly cause panic in the game i love them but they creep me out and i think this th- having a game that doesn't have that edge of your seat type of film is a breath of fresh air to me it's not a slight on the emmys at all i love them I love them in that game. But I man and they man and they put me on point. <laughs> okay, so I kind of enjoyed this a little bit more just from that aspect. You don't know, you they're not replicating that experience, thank goodness. They they want to do their own thing. Uh replay value absolutely 100%, as I said. Like I enjoy this game so much. I enjoy everything about the game. What you could do with this game, the 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 storytelling of this game, the character development of this game, all of it is there. The actor performances, like I said, just all stellar, solid Exper- uh you know performances from everybody in here and the story i really enjoyed the aspect of the story and the twist and turns of it as well you're gonna love this game this to me is the first great game of 2024 and because of that it gets a score of 392.5 which is a 98.1 percentile grade which leads to the first a plus of 2024 for uh select start And there you have it, folks. This is, if any game to get this year, this is one of the games that you need to get, guaranteed. I think this is not only a great Prince of Persia game, I think this is a great Metroidvania game as well for the genre, and possibly a already early contender for one of the games of the year. I don't know if, I I really don't think it's gonna win game of the year. I think it could have the possibility of winning a category in here, possibly, depending on what games come out. But with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out next month, it's not gonna get it, it's just not. Um, So yeah, but it is one of the, it it is one of the heavy hitters this year to get. Guarantee you're gonna enjoy it. Go out of your way, check it out. And please trust me that you can keep this game. This is your game. You will own this game, I guarantee you. Um, I can't, again, I can't speak for any future games from this point from Ubisoft, but there you go. So folks, that will do it for this edition of uh, Select Start. And I hope you guys enjoyed it next week. Well, although Tekken eight is coming out, it's coming out on the 25th, which means it is not enough time for me to, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll see if I just so happen to be able to beat it on the release day and get enough experience to really review it, I'll do it. If not, I'll skip it over to the week after, however. I do got two games that I may talk about, one of which is Grand Blue Fantasy versus Ryzen. And I was wondering if I was gonna, you know, check out Relink. Which I did. I did check out. I, I will actually talk about my thoughts on the uh demo to Relink, which is a action adventure version of Grand Blue uh, Fantasy. Uh but I managed to get the uh the new uh fighting game version, which was Ryzen, which came out last year. So I wanna get a chance to talk about that. And actually. Talk about which one I enjoyed the most, and which one I thought is, to me, the better game to experience. I, I mean, I played the demo, and I played this, and I was deciding like, should I invest in Rising first or Relink? And we'll find out why I went to uh, Rising instead. But also, I have the Tales of Arise expansion that I finally got um, a chance to check out. So I don't know, one or the other will be reviewed next week. But then shortly after that, it will be Tekken Eight, um, pending that Tekken 8 isn't already experienced within the course of the 24 hours of me recording this show. So we'll see. And then on Sunday's show, the Prime show, I will be reviewing Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths, the animated movie that um, has come out recently and uh get my thoughts on that too. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. Also, exciting news here. I'm officially, I guess I got officially on the, um, the Sunday night's main event team, the Sunday night's main event wrestling radio show that's on TSN radio in Canada, which is Toronto Sports Network. And I am working with them on our show with Boris, with the, with uh, S-M-N-E, S-N-M-E, I should say, host Boris Aguilar, who's the host of the radio show. I am now doing a weekly AEW uh, Dynamite review but also we add a little bit of acmg mix to it so that show is officially now called thanks to um the listeners of sunday night's main event who came up with the name all elite geekly which is a weekly show that we talk about (laughs) aew dynamite and we talk about a little of some stuff that i have um am doing in terms of the world of acmg and some you know some fandom reference some fandom subjects as well so we have a little bit of acmg to start and then we go right into the a AE, uh, aew dynamite review from there so it's a great little show that we put together and um that is going to be a part of the sunday night's main event so i am now part of three different shows this year uh but the cool part is that one he produces on his own i'm just there to give my voice to it and add my two cents to it but you know we got three shows that you could check out so you could go check out them and there's gonna be a lot going on with them that i'm gonna be a part of as well so um stay tuned for that that's gonna happen this year for sure so stay tuned for that as well and again take the time to uh acknowledge the birthday of one of my dearest uh to i uh, that i've ever had the pleasure uh pleasure of knowing in the history of acmg and that is um joanne carr Uh, Who left us way too soon And you know She was one of the original co-hosts Of Talk Time Live But she didn't stay on long enough To be a part of the uh, group fully And she is dearly missed I actually have a blog page On TalkTimeLive.com Where you can check her out And I post it on The ACMG Facebook group And my post on social media um, Every year In honor of her and this time I managed to add the audio, the only audio I believe we have of her, um, on the show. And she talks about how much she appreciate what was done in the original ACMG group and how talk time started and how we got that going and stuff like that. And, um, I really miss her deeply cause she was a representative. She was an example of what social media could be she wore she she always had a warm spirit and she always would come in to the acmg group and greet people every morning and people loved her and loves her good mornings and you know make sure everybody starts their day off at work or whatever like that on a on a good day as we get started you know doing what we got to do but also get a chance to just chime in with each other and talk about some of our favorite fandoms and whatnot and what was going on in the world of acmg and she was what we call the first lady of acmg she was one of the original female uh hosts to be on the show and she left us way too soon she had some complications some health complications that um didn't allow her to stay around to see what we were able to do and what i was able to do with this show and um but she was also my motivation for me to leave my job and move on because when she passed away i was still working at the, uh, corporate office and corporate job that I was working at. And I was feeling like crap there anyway, because I just didn't feel like they were valuing me at any time. And then when she passed away, I left that, I left that office. I walked out of that office. Not only did I find out that she passed away, but my, also my, one of my cousins got that news all at the same time in the same day. And it was a lot. And also it was like they were so both in their 40s and they were already they were so young and i'm here at a dead-end job and i'm already proving my worth outside of that job and i was like i can't waste this i got two people who left at the age of 40. i can't waste my life i got an ability to do things that not everybody can do and i've managed to prove my worth out there in the world and I decided to leave that job and I never looked back and I continued to nuts. and since then I've achieved a lot of things since then my wife has achieved a lot of things since then clients have achieved a lot of things through my, uh, my assistance and services and it took her passing for me to kickstart that because it was a reminder of me that we can't waste what we do in life we can't take life for granted and we don't we're not guaranteed anything so it is up to us to do exactly what we got to do and do it to the best of our abilities and i'm saying this to all don't waste your life if you feel like you want to do something put all your effort in to do it because you don't know when your time is coming and when you leave because it's inevitable when you leave leave knowing that you gave it your all you did your all and you left a mark in some form of fashion she left a mark for me, and it's a mark that I will make sure that it will never be forgotten as long as I'm around, as long as ACMG around, as long as TalkTimeLive.com is around. It'll never be forgotten. With that said, happy heavenly birthday, Lady Carr. Bless you, love. To the friends and family, bless them too, folks. And again, if you like this episode and every episode of TalkTime Live and TalkTime Live Extra. Check out all our stuff on talkdomelife.com. All of our audio episodes our video exclusive interviews are all there as well. There's a lot of great content that you can find in there as well. Uh, you can also check us out on your favorite platforms and subscribe and download there on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, you name it, we're there. Thank you all, bless you all. And again, happy birthday, Lady Car. And that'll do it for me. This is Dax Xavier saying, learn to let go, live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and you guys have a great week and stay warm out there